verse number one, Sunday morning, I'll be preaching, and Brother Jonah's going to be teaching. He don't even know that yet. I was going to tell him up here a while ago, and and I wasn't able to. Uh, is that okay? Okay. And um, appreciate that. And you'll have to get somebody to help you with half on Sunday. But um, I'll be preaching Sunday, and then there will be no Sunday night service, and there'll be no Wednesday night service. Wednesday's Christmas Day, and you're going to be scattered from here to yon. I understand that. And we're not going to worry about it. We're not going to fight. How many have promised me you won't backslide next week? Well, not all of you. Some of you are going to backslide, it looks like. Thank you, the ones that promised me. <laughs> uh, we, we just hope the rest of you, you think about it a little longer. And, and don't, don't do that. Don't give up on God next week. But uh, the same schedule the next week. We'll have Sunday morning, both services, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday school, and morning worship. No Sunday night service. And then no Wednesday night service. It's the first. And again, I want you, we're not having family nights on those weekends. We didn't get to have one this week or this month because I worked you to death making peanut brittle. And so we didn't get to have family night. And so please make it during these next two weekends. Enjoy time with your family. I hope you get to be with your family. And if you're going to spend time with your family, make it quality time. Act like you're glad to be with them. Somebody ought to say amen. <laughs> God bless you. Luke 8, 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down. Fowls of the air devoured it. Nick, take that top off of me. And some fell among the rocks. As soon as it was sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked it. And others fell on good ground. Thank God that some of it got on good ground. Everybody say, I want to be good ground. Well, you can be good ground, but you got to have the want to. You're not going to be good ground if you don't want it. It's got to be in your heart. I want to be good ground. And it sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And notice this last verse. And when he said these things, he cried. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I started a lesson last week, and I did not get even halfway through it. And then in my studying today, I added another half to it. So I got another two lessons, probably. I don't know. I'm, I may finish tonight. I, I'm not finished, but I may stop tonight. may not come back to it. But I did feel uh, compelled to come back with lesson two can you hear God speaking? God is speaking. Hearing God speak. You know, too many times, that's good, brother. 
uh, Cruz, and you are one of the best at playing while Preacher is talking. Man, I, I tell you, he's, uh, he's a man in whom I'm well pleased. I'm very happy with our music director. Too many times we don't hear God. We think we do, but are not really listening many times in our lives. The Bible makes it clear that God has given us two sets of ears. He gave us physical ears with which we hear physical noises and we hear each other talking. Notice, he only gave us one mouth and one nose so that we wouldn't be too nosy and too mouthy. <laughs> the Lord knew exactly what he was doing, amen? We get a lot more out of life if we listen and pay attention than if we just talk all the time. Now, I enjoy hearing people talk. But, you know, I get weary after a while. There's just so much information I can process. You know, and, and, and if I'm sitting there and you just, well, I'm talking about pom, 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 yeah, 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 and you don't give me a break, and I, I, I'm starting to feel claustrophobic, and I'm starting to feel like, come on, give me a break. Uh, you're, you're not learning if you're always talking. If we're always busy doing things, a lot of times we're not listening to God because we're too busy. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 3, verses 7 through 13, was talking about that spiritual voice and those spiritual ears when he wrote these verses. This passage warns us of the danger of refusing to hear God's voice. You get in trouble when you don't listen to God. I always got in trouble when I didn't listen to my mom and daddy. And now I get in trouble when I don't listen to my wife. You will get in trouble if you don't listen. I've got in more trouble at school because I just didn't listen to the teacher. My mind was wondering. I was outside the classroom, daydreaming. Now, I know none of y'all had that problem, but uh, I did. I had to really work at bringing my mind into that classroom and paying attention to what the teacher was saying. And my grades reflected that. I did not, I was not, the Val Victorian of my class. And I wasn't even the salutatorian. I think I might have been the cleanatorian, but that's about as far as I got. I, I just didn't do good in school because I found myself being so distracted. Now, I used that little word picture there to get you to understand you can do the very same thing in the kingdom of God. We can get so distracted doing things or thinking things when we shouldn't be. Not in church. I, I know you daydream during church. I'm not stupid. 
I've sat in church before. <laughs> I've gone to church when I wasn't the preacher and I wasn't the teacher. And I know the battle of keeping your mind in tune with what's being said. And if the preacher's not interesting like I am, <clears throat> you'll lose the crowd. And people start wondering and thinking about things. And I do appreciate this church responding to the word of God and backing up our preachers, backing up me. I'd rather you back me than them. But thank you that you back these young preachers up too. And it, it is an honor to be able to preach at a church where people enjoy preaching. So this passage warns us of the danger of refusing to hear God's voice. And what I mean refusing, it may not be just throwing up your head. Stop talking, God. I don't want to hear you. I'm not just referring to that. We stop God from speaking because we're not listening. We're distracted. We're not paying attention. We're not allowing God to speak to us. You know, it's just like education. You don't get it if you don't study and pay attention. And I had to take English over one summer because I just did not pay attention. And once you ever get behind in English, you're in trouble. And that's what happened to me. I never could catch up. And so I had to take it that summer. And <clears throat> when we do that, we get behind and we have to catch up. I wonder how many times we get behind spiritually because we fool around, we get distracted, we pay attention, we come to church and we look at our phones, we send out emails and, and send out text and read up on stuff when God's literally trying to talk to us and we're not even hearing him. Someone has said there are only two questions in life. Number one, does God speak? And number two, what does he say? If God's speaking, what's he saying? And I truly do believe that God is speaking to, the, to us in this generation. And there has never been a time when God wasn't speaking to us in some way or another. Sometimes it's through nature. Sometimes through the dreams and visions. Sometimes it's through our conscience. Sometimes through the prophets and the prophets and the kings. And today he speaks by the Holy Spirit and through the Bible and through ministries and through prayers and even speaks to us through circumstances and the church, even in the church and the church services to reveal himself, reveal his purposes and his ways. However, we do not have to respond to him. You don't have to hear God. You really don't. And God doesn't kill us just because we choose not to hear him. God doesn't always punish us. It may be the end result may be punishment, but, you know, when you do, you do bad, it doesn't mean God's going to punish you every time you do bad or do wrong. It's just like your kids, and especially your grandkids. 
I, I, I just cringe when, when my daughters and son-in-laws correct my grandkids. I, I just, I don't understand that. It's just so hard for me to understand that. And God's like that. He doesn't want to punish us. But sometimes he has to to get our attention. The writer of Hebrews tells us of all three hazards of refusing to hear God's voice. So let's look at the hazards. Here's a hazard for not listening to God. Refusing to hear God's voice is that God will be upset. He will be angry with us when we refuse to listen to him. And I can understand that. How many times have we screamed to our kids, Do you hear me? Because it angers us. We want to know, are you listening to me? And God feels that way. This writer expresses this danger with the use of three words. In verse 8, the, the word provocation comes from a root word which means to irritate or to exasperate. Now God gets irritated and exasperated at us sometimes because we're not listening to him. In verse 10, the word translated grieved or angry was used, which means to feel indigent. And in verse number 11, the word translated wrath comes from a word that suggests a passionate anger or indignation. This warning is taken from an experience in Israel's history. To their doubting hearts, the giants look bigger than God did. The obstacles outweighed the opportunities and their fears were greater than their faith. When they came to the Jordan River and they came to that turning point to go over and believe Joshua and Caleb or stay and not take an opportunity and wonder for 40 years. So they, instead of obeying God, listening to what God was trying to tell them through the positive ministry of Joshua and Caleb, they listened to the negativism. They listened to the doubt. They listened to the taint and wondered 40 years in the wilderness. The Lord was so grieved and angered at their disobedience and their lack of faith, he swore that they're not going to inherit that land. And he had to allow them to wonder so that all of those uh, older people that doubted were cleaned out, cleared out, died, and God killed a bunch of them. And only those that were young and had faith went back over. The lesson and the warning here is if we refuse to hear God's voice as they refused his voice, we risk missing his blessings forever. 
If we commit the same sin, we can expect to suffer the same consequences. I simply remind you that those ignorant of history are in danger of repeating history. Today, if you hear God's voice, if you hear Him tell you to be or to repent and have faith, but you choose to harden your heart and not believe Him or accept Him or follow Him, then God's probably going to be upset. God's probably going to be angry with you. And when God's not pleased with somebody, he's probably not going to be handed a lot of handed out a lot of candy. <laughs> probably not going to be a whole lot of blessings pouring out when God's angry with us. And so I don't want God to be angry with me, and I don't think you do either. I hear I see some of your head shaking. I don't want God. And the way we keep God from being angry is do what I, we tell our kids. Listen to me. Hear me when I'm talking to you. Pay attention when God's speaking. The second hazard of refusing God's voice is that our hearts could be hardened. Even if God never became angry at me, when we refuse to obey Him, our hearts will eventually become hardened if we don't listen to God. And boy, it's hard to deal with a hard-hearted person. It's hard to get anywhere spiritually with people that have allowed their hearts to be hardened. Twice in this passage, the word harden is used. First, we are told in verse 8, not to harden our own hearts. <clears throat> then we're warned in verse 13, not to let them be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Which is it? Do we harden our own hearts? Or are they hardened by sin? Actually, it's both ways. The word enticed, used in this passage of Scripture, which enticing to sin, is a fishing term. How many of you ever gone fishing before? How many of you like fishing? I like fishing. A fisherman doesn't just go out. Now, I've heard of people doing this, and the fish were so hungry, they didn't know what it was, and they grab, grabbed onto a bear hook. I've actually heard some, some stories of they do it. But the norm is, when a fisherman goes fishing, he does not drop a bear hook into the water. He baits the hook. He puts something of interest on that hook. And some of you, if you really like fishing, you find out what the good baits are and you go get it. I know a lot of guys that make their own catfish bait. And they have success and everybody watches them come with a big ice chest full of fish. And they say, man, what are you doing? Well, I've got this. You know, I, I made this bait up, and hey, what is it? You know, wh where do you go? And you see people with spyglasses following them around, and, you know. 
because they know what they're doing. The fisherman hopes the fish will pass nearby the hook and will be unable to resist the bait. And it will be hooked before he knows it. He'll take the bait and he doesn't realize there's a hook that goes with it. And temptation always follows that same process. Notice how it works. The bait is dropped. The inner desire is attracted to the bait. And we yield to the temptation. And then we have sin. And it's like the fish. We end up hooked and cooked when we yield to the sin. We get ourselves in a mess and we end up on the devil's dinner table. That's the tragedy of not hearing the voice of God because God's speaking to us when we get off on these little tangents and we throw our little pity parties and start feeling sorry for ourselves, or get something in our heart and get off track. And God's trying to reel us in, bring us over, get us on track. But we're not hearing him. We're not hearing him. Anybody that's ever got off track with God is because you wouldn't listen to God. I know that from experience. When you're listening to God, you're not going to get off track. You're not going to backslide if you're actually listening to God. But when you close your ears and you think you got it all figured out and you know what you're going to do and you know best for your life, honey, get ready for some trouble because you fixed to have some. So through deceit, we are led into sin. And the more we sin, the harder our hearts become. The second time we do a thing, it's easier than the first. Well, you remember sneaking off and doing something when you was a kid. You knew you wasn't supposed to be doing it. And you didn't get caught. Next time it was near as hard on you. Because you'd already accomplished that once. And you didn't feel like mama was looking over your shoulder. You know, second time. And then the more you do it, the easier it gets. And every time we do that. It becomes easier than the time before. You would think the more we sinned, the more we would be aware of our sin. But actually the opposite is true. On the other hand, God comes to convict us of sin. Every time we ignore his conviction. How many of you know what conviction is? How many of you ever heard your conscience speak to you and remind you you shouldn't do something? Boy, I have. I have. Many times in my life, I've heard my conscience say, don't. And I try not to listen to my conscience. I get so mad at my little brother, Tommy, because the little joker would entice me to do something. And I'd agree to it. And I'm not saying on everything, but there were times that he'd come up with something and enticed me to do it, and we'd do it. And then he'd get in the bed at night, 
and God gets bringing conviction and he'd start crying and call and confess to mom and daddy and I'd get in trouble with him. <laughs> On the other hand, when you ignore conviction, our hearts become hardened and calloused and eventually we can't hear God. God's voice grows fainter and fainter until we can hardly hear the voice of God. That's so true, what I just said. When I was a child in Oil City, Louisiana, I think I was about 10, 9 or 10, my parents bought a house about 200 feet from the railroad track. How many of you ever lived by a railroad track? Anybody? I don't know about your track, but ours was all day long, all night long, almost every hour a freight train or some kind of uh, passenger train would come by our house. And you could literally feel, you could actually feel the ground shaking. And we were also next to a railroad crossing and you know what they do at the cross? Whoop, whoop. So here comes the train, all hours of the day, and I whoop, whoop. You hear that noise, and it sounds like an earthquake, and everything's shaking. Well, I'm going to tell you, the first few nights in that house, it like scared us to death. I mean, we, I, we weren't used to that. We'd wake up and scream, Daddy, what's going on? We get to cry and Carol run into mom and daddy's room, and daddy said, "Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just a train. It'll be okay." But one night, my dad, uh, he must have been dreaming, and of course, he was in World War II and and had a lot of bad experiences, and and that train came through, and my dad actually knocked out the window, big window. He was going out the window to get out of the way of that train. And I mean, Mama had to wake him up and pull him back in. Thankfully, he wasn't all cut up. And so, <clears throat> for the next few nights after we bought that house, every time a train would pass by, we would be aware of that train. And we, after a little bit of time, we weren't startled by it. We would just roll over and go back to sleep. And after a while, we became so accustomed to trains coming by that a train could go by without us really even recognize it. Somebody say, well, I want a train. Oh, yeah, 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 they, they come by all the time. I, I didn't even know it was going by. And the reason is because we heard that same sound in that same way at that same place so often without really responding to it that it we actually no longer heard it. We got so used to it with our physical ears, we actually heard it, but we didn't hear it. The noise was there, but we got so used to it. And can I tell you that same thing can happen to your spiritual ears? You can get so used to coming to church and God can, through the word of God, he, he 
through the preaching, say something, or tongues interpretation, and not even affect you. Give it all to God, and you not be affected. Not not even try to pray through. Not even try to hear what. I I hope that we're listening tonight. I hope that we're hearing this because God does speak through and to us during our church services many, many times. And honey, we need to be listening to it. If we hear God's voice often enough and we do not respond to it, we can be like we were in all city to the trains. It's there, God's speaking, but we're not hearing it. Our hearts can become hardened. We can speak, or He can speak, and we won't hear Him at all. The same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. The same voice of God that would call you to repentance and faith can be a means of hardening your heart if you don't listen and respond to God. The third hazard of refusing to hear God's voice is that you will run out of time. Twice in this warning, in these verses of Scripture I'm referring to tonight, the writer uses the word today. He warns in verse 7, if you hear his voice today, we should not harden our heart. And he admonishes us in verse 13 to encourage one another while it is called today. The word today literally means while time lasts. The offer of salvation is only for as long as